This is Ayani. And this is Corinne. And you're listening to Sex, Love, Literature, a pop culture podcast where we take a semi-scholarly look at why and how the sex stuff in media matters. This episode, we're diving into our first Chinese drama discussion with Mm. the high fantasy romance, Love Between Fairy and Devil. We'll be splitting our discussion into two parts. If you haven't seen this drama, don't worry. The first part, aka the episode you are currently listening to, is spoiler free. We give some context about the fantastic storytelling, the fabulous cast of characters, and all of the other reasons that we think you should (laughs) give Love Between Fairy and Devil a try. If you decide to check out Love Between Fairy and Devil, or if you already have and are just as obsessed as we are, let us know on Twitter and Instagram at sexlovelit. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. And remember to tune in to part two of our discussion for a spoiler-filled deep dive. On with the show. Well, hello there, SLL listeners. Hi. <laughs> well, oh, hey, there's two of us, like always. Surprise. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Sex, Love, Literature. We are, as always, very excited to have you here listening to us. Today, we have another episode in which Corinne bullied me into watching something, <laughs> but then I ultimately deeply enjoyed it. So the question is, is this an abusive relationship or not? Because I end up liking it at the end. We're going to discuss no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's making such a fake okay. at me right now. <laughs> like, I know I'm the one who said that I bully you into watching things, but also, like, it is a deeply felt recommendation about something you would like. And I'm right. No, no, you're you're often right. You're often right. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you because I have not successfully bullied you into watching something yet. But that, no, I bullied you into watching something. I'll just have to remember what it is. <laughs> Um, just that being said, today we will be talking about <laughs> the wildly successful, deeply enjoyable Chinese drama, Love Between Very and Devil. Yes, which is very exciting. Definitely looking forward to talking about that. From the top, we are going to be splitting our discussion into two parts. Because this is such a wildly popular drama, but also kind of our first foyer. Foyer? Foray. Foray. I can't talk. Let me a take foyer that is like the entry room yeah, to the entry to the house, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. We'll leave it in. We're doing it live. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this is our, our first entrance into this genre in which we are uh, – I mean, we've talked a lot about Korean dramas. I think we've talked a little bit about Japanese media, but I think this is our first time talking about Chinese media on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also – this, this drama is super popular, and it's one that we really like. So what we're going to do is split our conversation into the first half, which is going to be a non-spoiler kind of conversation. I don't want to say yeah, review why because you, we don't really review. Why you should watch this show, if you will. Right. It is, our, it this, is our sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, our sales pitch. That's a good way to put it. And then the second half will be the part where we do a little bit more of an analysis of the show, where we're getting into character dynamics, we're spoiling things. Uh, so just keep that in mind when you're listening. If you have not watched Love Between Fairy and Devil yet, you should listen to the first part and then go watch it and then listen to the second <laughs> part. <laughs> 
But before we start our conversation proper, you know what time it is. It's time for What is Sparkin' Joy? Hey, Corinne. Hey, Corinne. Mm-hmm. What's What's Sparkin' Joy? So What's Sparkin' Joy is a moment in our podcast where we talk about a piece of culture, whether it's something we're watching, reading, listening to that is currently sparking joy for us. So for me, uh, two things are currently sparking Either joy or strong emotions. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one is the book Sea Sparrow by Kristen Kishore. It is the latest installment in her Graceling series, which I think about a lot in my research, but also enjoy personally. And Mm -hmm. Sea Mm -hmm. Sparrow is everything I did not know I needed. Uh, It is in the. It is from the point of view of a character who has long been a side character in the Graceling series. Mm. Uh, Her name is Hava. She is delightful, but basically, it is a sea journey where they get shipwrecked in the north and have to survive and try and get back to their home country. So it is very interesting. Yeah, it's Christian Kishore has a way of sort of expanding the fantasy world she's writing in in every book that she writes and she does Mm. so in this book but in a very different way than she has previously uh but anyway 10 out of 10 highly recommend i read it in two days i'm a mess don't do that but do read it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, and the next thing that is sparking some kind of feeling for me is uh, on the theme of sea dramas uh, is the sea drama Goodbye My Princess. It aired in 2019 and it made me very upset, but it was very good. Uh, It's an interesting drama because it's basically a tragedy. I don't really think that's a spoiler because the name is Goodbye My Princess. But so it's about a princess who is sent off in a political marriage to marry a scheming prince. Oh, it is a historical drama. And the sort of tragedy of their relationship is that they love each they do love each other and he loves her, but not more than he loves power. Oof. So super good, super rough, and it has been living rent-free in my head ever since. So what is sparking joy for you, Ayani? <laughs> So we've got two things that are sparking joy for Ayani. So I'm going to do the quick one first and then spill my feelings all over the podcast. (laughs) Um, So first, I'm watching an anime on Netflix that's called Romantic Killer, which is actually super hilarious right now. Uh, This was on suggestion of one of my friends. And what the super quick premise is, is there's a young lady who loves three things, chocolate, video games, and cats. So we have a lot in common. And (laughs) she accidentally puts in this game that she thinks is a fantasy game, but it's a dating sim. And this wizard comes out the screen and turns her life into a dating sim. And she's like, no, fuck that. I just want (laughs) my cat back. So the show is kind of, to this point, about how this wizard keeps like fucking up her life and she's like no se- don't stop sending hot boys <laughs> like leave me alone is um, this but is been- this for Corinne's do you think it sounds interesting i'm going to see where it goes i'm only on episode okay. 7 uh and josh hi josh josh said that <laughs> like episode 8 takes a turn and it stops being so very lighthearted. So I'm going to ah. see what happens. Um, and I'll, I'll let you know. But this was one actually when I finished, I was going to see how I felt about it and then see if we wanted to talk about it on the pod. Because uh, okay. I think it's it's playing with a lot of like 
romance dating tropes that mm-hmm. are things that I enjoy. Like I'm like texting texting the chat and I'm like, oh yeah, he's the one I would romance. And then I'll also be like, oh no, I hate this one. He's the worst. I never want to see him again in life. So um, All right. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but the thing that is giving me big emotions, big gigantic emotions, uh, <laughs> is Wakanda Forever, the new Black Panther film. Uh, as of the day we're recording, that came out, I want to say, last, I guess, Thursday night into Friday. Um, mm-hmm. And I personally think it's such a beautiful meditation on grief and loss and family. Uh, I like it a lot. So like with Corinne, a lot of deep emotions, so to speak. Yeah, not not purely um, uh, joyful ones. <laughs> no, no. But it was like almost cathartic going to see it because it's such a beautiful goodbye to Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, right? Especially since it's like a fresh brand new film. Uh, but definitely worth seeing. I think personally, my favorite of this wave of Marvel films. And depending on how I sit on it, it might rise to like my top five of marvel films overall we'll see okay that's i mean that's a pretty i need to see it then i've kind of given up on the mcu because i've oh, been uh, yeah. overwhelmed <laughs> yeah i've been but. overwhelmed too honestly like with all the tv and everything like that but i think this is just a good film and mm-hmm. ryan coogler has to do some marvel things because it's a marvel film you know so there's yeah. some things that i'm like we didn't really have to do this right now but i guess if we're gonna have that television show in the next five minutes we have to do it right now um yeah but yeah so so it was, it was really good it's sparking a lot of feelings and one of those feelings is thirst uh because <laughs> shifting gears <laughs> shifting gears because uh uh, Tena Cuerta, who plays Namor, also known as Kulkul Khan, the feather serpent god. Um, wow. <laughs> Can I, like, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad, girl. Uh, he's now my cell phone background. Um, he comes out of the sea, sopping wet multiple times. And in my dissertation, I literally talk about how that is like a trope to make people hot. You dunk mm. them in water, and then they're like, I'm wet. And it's like every time he came out of the sea, I said, oh, no, one, because he is the villain, right? Because he's bad. (laughs) But but also perhaps most because, oh, no, (laughs) uh, I don't know if you heard about this, this girl during the first Black Panther who like broke her retainer because she was Mm -hmm. biting her teeth so hard because of, um. Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. And it's just a blessing that I do not wear a retainer anymore because I would, yeah, is is that man's a problem. I really appreciate it. He acted his ass off, or mm-hmm, I guess not technically. <laughs> but but he uh ooh, I'm getting warm. Like, wow. He he did an excellent job in the role. Um and wears really small shorts. So it's great. I'm a happily married woman. Andrew knows all about this. I told him, I was like, if you leave me, then I will just go into the sea. And he was like, wait, no, you'll die. No, Ayani, he's not real. Don't go into the sea. I was like, you're right. I know. Um, But yeah, so that's what's uh, sparking a lot of different feelings for me and my person. Yeah, that was like a wider spread of feelings than it normally is for us. (laughs) Yeah. But on the, uh, I guess on the topic of if evil, why hot? (laughs) We 
could transition to talking about love between fairy and devil. And I'm going to take off my hoodie. Yeah, but so A A plus transition there. So in case you you. did not know, (laughs) A Love Between Fairy and Devil is a Chinese drama that aired in August of 2022. It originally largely aired like in China and on various various East Asian drama streaming platforms. So for example, I watched it on Viki. I picked it up about halfway through its airing and then watched it watched the last half of it live. Since then, because it was so wildly popular, Netflix has picked it up. Mm-hmm. So if you are in the United States of America and I suspect other places, you can also now watch it on Netflix. Yep, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. I started it on Viki and then transferred to Netflix because Netflix is on the big TV. Mm-hmm. So something that might be a little interesting in our conversation is because I watched it on Viki and Ayani watched it on Netflix. We have some differences in translation of the subtitles, mm-hmm. particularly for the names of something. So that might be interesting. Uh, yeah. So to give you an idea of what it's about, uh, the show description, one of the shorter ones that I found on Google, uh, on like the Google show descriptions, is when a low-ranking fairy <laughs> accidentally resurrects a powerful demon, their fates become cosmically entangled as the world is thrown into turmoil. Oh, so love between, oh. <laughs> love between Fairy and Devil is part of the Zanzia genre, which translates as immortal fantasy, which is a pretty common genre. Of Chinese fantasy and Chinese dramas. Although for Ayani and I both, it was the first one we had seen. Uh, So Mm -hmm, basically to mm -hmm. give you a better idea of the way the sort of world works is there's the fairy realm, the moon tribe realm, and then the mortal realm. And Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. fairies and the moon tribe do not get along and have not gotten along for hundreds of thousands of years. And Mm -hmm. it's a love story that is centering on a member of each group and how their relationship fits into and changes the, and changes the world, basically. Right. What would yeah. you add to that, Ayani? Um, one thing I would add is that outside of humans, fairies and devils live for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hence the immortal fantasy aspect. Yeah. So, for example, someone will say, like, you've only lived for <laughs> 1,500 years. What do you know? You know, so mm-hmm. there is this kind of play on how long someone has been alive. You know, someone who has been alive for 5,000 years has a certain kind of seniority kind of a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And also something that I would add, thinking about the world, is the idea of cultivation, which is, I think, different mm-hmm. from some of our um, – or it's some different Western, from Western fantasy, yeah. Yeah, fantasy. Like there's this idea that over the course of your immortal life, you cultivate yourself through a variety of activities, it seems like. Sometimes it's drinking the morning dew. Sometimes it's, you know, mm-hmm. training with your, your weaponry. But cultivation is how you expand your life and become a more powerful immortal. Um, but mm-hmm. also you can then spend your life force to do different things, which we might mm-hmm. talk about later, but I don't want to give any any spoilers away right now. Um, so I think that's an interesting kind of difference from a lot of, I guess, popular Western fantasy, let's say, um, mm-hmm. is, you know, that, that kind of idea of cultivation, which also plays into, <laughs> to make a bad pun, the roots of some of the characters <laughs> that are part of the world. <laughs> Yeah, so before we get into our sales pitch for the show, we are going to give you an overview of some of the main characters. 
I've been on fire with the transitions, by the way. Like, talk oh, to I, me. Can consider it noted. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, really quick, let me interrupt you um, before you get to characters. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I've started doing based on watching this show is saying, quote, as a grass. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that's going to come up. It'll make more sense what Corinne does the character explanations, but I got to be careful because this has just worked its way into my normal lexicon. So I'll just be talking about <laughs> something else and say, as a grass, this is how I feel about it. And then after yeah, we do characters, we can also tell them where we would be in the world of the immortals. Corinne. Yes. So our main our main lady, our main grass uh, is the fairy <laughs> orchid. <laughs> Uh, she is said low-ranking fairy, and she is an orchid. She is an orchid flower. Uh, she's played by Yu Shujin, also known as Esther Yu. Uh, so she's a low-ranking, low-powered fairy with a secret past that comes <laughs> that is unveiled over the course of the drama. Uh, but she is but a grass and frequently because she has not very much power will say like I'm just I'm just a nameless grass but like fortunately I'm smart or like something like that and she mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. frequently reminds us that she is but a grass and yeah <laughs> uh, next we have Zhongfan Shinsong aka the moon supreme played by Wang Hudi, aka Dylan Wong and he is the leader of the moon tribe he has been in prison in essentially like an enchanted sleep for 30,000 mm -hmm, years since mm -hmm. the Great War. And in the start of the drama, Orchid accidentally wakes him up and releases him from prison, thus setting in motion the whole story, basically. Well, that's, that's how the best romances go, right? And then next we have Chong Hong, played by Zhang Linghu, who is the second male lead. He is the present god of war of the fairy realm. And Orchid, at least as the drama opens, thinks that she's in love with him. He's sort of like, I don't know, he's the guy that everyone in the fairy realm is pretty in love with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to take over, Ayani? Uh, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> So next we have Black Dragon, also known as Shang Chu. I like calling him Black Dragon because he turns into a dragon. And he's played by Lin Baoui, also known as Charles Lin. He is the Moon Supreme's second in command. And as I kind of spoiled, literally has a large giant black dragon form. He does not turn into that black dragon much, um, but it is kind of a big part of his character that he is a dragon creature mm -hmm. um next we have Jaylee, who's played by hong zhao this is the character who we can say is perhaps orchid's bestie when we meet her she's she's a sketchy ass merchant uh yeah. who keeps trying to sell orchid medicine to fix her damaged primordial root <laughs> right but she and Orchid have a relationship. Um, she is an important part of our band. And also, <laughs> while watching, I text Corinne to say that she reminds me of some friends of mine. And Corinne knew exactly who I meant because <laughs> it was her. 
And then lastly, we do have a lot of, like a lot of the shows that we talk about, Love Between Fairy and Devil has a very, very large ensemble cast, uh, a lot of whom we very much like. We'll kind of introduce them more as they, if they come up in conversation. But for example, we mm-hmm. have Rong Hao, Chidi, uh, Danyin, who is one of my personal favorites, so I'm sure she'll come up. Uh, Ximin, who is Orchid's kind of teacher, master, teacher mm-hmm. figure. Um, who, while being off screen a lot, does play a very interesting role, uh, as well as other characters that, you know, as they come up, we'll mention them, uh, give a little bit of back story and then keep it moving a little bit of context. So to kind of round out our conversation, uh, <laughs> it was very clear early on <laughs> in watching this that I was a grass. Uh, it was something that I attached onto very quickly because I too do not like waking up in the morning and can be silly about how much honey I need to put into beverages and also sometimes get tangled up into weeds and hurt myself. So Yeah, so so for context <laughs> <laughs> aside from Ayani over identifying with fairy orchid. <laughs> I don't think it's over identifying. I think it's just the right amount. So as we get to know Orchid at the beginning, she's she's very young. She's only about a thousand years old. Uh, which is hilarious to say, but so she's she's really really young in the scheme of things, and she lives alone in Shiming Hall, also known as Arbiter Arbiter Hall in the Netflix subs, where she looks after the Destiny books, and her master has oh, been yes, gone. Oh yes, important. Yeah, her master has been gone for many many years. So Orchid has been living essentially by herself, except with a group of plants that she is trying to cultivate into being fairies. But her her grass friends are like. I don't know, man. Seems like a lot of work. I would rather just go to sleep as a grass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mood as a grass. <laughs> yes. Accurate. <laughs> so, so I guess we've established then that Ayani is a grass. <laughs> Whereas my charming co-host here, <laughs> we find perhaps fits more comfortably into the moon tribe. Yeah, so when Ayani texted me and was like, oh, if you were a grass, what kind of grass you would be? I was like, bitch, I'm in the moon tribe. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So the subtitle of our episode is actually Friendship Between Fairy and Devil. Um, And if we had a show, it would be a silly buddy comedy about how we'd go around the world doing like hijinks um, in which I overslept. And I don't know what you do. I think you'd be doing normal current activities that also feel like they'd be spoilers so i can't i can't talk about them yet uh so geoli is in the moon tribe and there's we will talk more about geoli especially in the spoiler section because while you meet her pretty early on she doesn't become a regular character until around episode 12 or so so with that why don't we get started on kind of the more spoiler free content uh because I do think there's a lot of ground for us to cover thinking about this mm-hmm. show, which did we say is 36 episodes long? It's 36 episodes long, and each one yeah, is... It's 36 episodes that are somewhere between 40 and 45 minutes long each. Yeah. It would have been an hour with, like, commercials kind of a thing. So, to start, I think the first one we have on the list is something that you love. So, do you want to take it? Because I think this was something that was exciting to you. Yeah, so actually one of the reasons I started watching Love Between Fairy and Devil and the embarrassing way that I pick up most East Asian dramas that I watch (laughs) is that a lot of the people that I follow on Tumblr were very, very into it. Mm, And mm -hmm. 
one of the reasons that they were very into it and that it appealed to me is that Love Between Fairy and Devil is playing with a lot of tropes that are very familiar from high fantasy and from fantasy romance stories. Like, for example, you have, like, the dark prince and, like, the bubbly fairy thing going on. And I also saw that there, <laughs> that there were these body-swapping shenanigans going on. <laughs> so, like, when Orchid – this is not really a spoiler. This isn't a lot of the promotional material. So, mm-hmm. like, when Orchid releases Dong Fang Chin Song by accident from prison, uh, there – she accidentally, without realizing it, puts a – magical spell on him so that Dong Fan Chin Song can like feel Orchid's emotions. Mm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also when they kiss, sometimes they body swap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I had um actually thought about doing this uh, show in kind of conversation with other kind of body swap romances, but I'm glad that we decided not to do that. I think it kind of deserves its own conversation here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so in addition to that sort of like comedic element, it also is, I think, deploying a lot of sort of by the book romance and fantasy tropes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in very smart and compelling ways mm-hmm. with the way mm-hmm. that they like mm-hmm. play them out, with the way they come back and have sort of like different resonances, yeah. with mm-hmm. the way that like mm-hmm. something will happen to Orchid at the beginning and then happen to Dong Fan Chin Song later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's even while a lot of the tropes are very familiar and like felt familiar to me, even as a Western viewer, the way that they put them together was very very smart yeah yeah and i think even when you could kind of sense or feel things coming the way that they worked them through narratively made them feel earned right Mm -hmm. um i didn't feel like any of the movements that they made in particular were like cheap or like they didn't my reaction was unearned um and how i was Mm -hmm. kind of emoting with the show or with the cast or what have you. They had a lot of very interesting movements. I'm going to stop there. (laughs) Uh, So another reason that I picked up this show is because I do really – and a reason that we think some of our listeners might also like it is because it also is just very, very good fantasy television, Mm, which mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is, you know, really big right now with like House of Dragons and – I don't know. What's the other big one? (laughs) The Lord um, of the Rings one. The Lord of the Rings one, yeah. <laughs> and then the other one that is coming back, the Circle, not Circle of Power. Wheel of Time? What's, yes, Wheel of Time. <laughs> <laughs> Wheels or circles. Yeah, so I'm also a big fantasy person in general. And this really, despite not being like the sort of brand of fantasy I normally consume, still really, really worked for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I... It, I think it really worked for me too. And I guess this is jumping a little bit, but part of what made it for me such good fantasy is that it aesthetically, I felt like I was watching a fantasy show. Like it really mm-hmm. played up this, the otherworldly feeling, but then also all of the different realms that we went to the moon tribe, you know, the fairy realm, the human world, they all had their own distinct kind of touch to them mm-hmm. uh, that made them separate but also united as one aesthetic vision. Um, mm-hmm. 
so that I I agree with you. I think it's just kind of like just good fantasy TV, but also there's an intense attention to detail and how they're bringing that fantasy to us on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's also just in general an extremely beautiful show. And like obviously mm. a lot of the backgrounds are CGI. Like if you have a whale jumping in the like a cloud whale, <laughs> that's not real. I hate to break it to you. What? That's not real. <laughs> But like the backgrounds and the sets and especially the costumes are all oh, just costumes really, really lovely. Moon Supreme has so many robes that I was like, oh, I want that robe. Could I have that robe? How could I, Ayani, as a grass, get a robe <laughs> fit for Moon Supreme? And even seeing you know. like Orchid's costumes and the way they the way that she was costumed differently in the mm, fairy realm mm-hmm. versus when she was in moon supreme's palace versus when she was in the mortal realm and they they were just Mm -hmm. all really really beautiful but extremely distinct even down to like her different hairstyles yep Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and hair adornments there's there's a lot happening Mm -hmm. with the costuming it's 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 stunning i think you could honestly have a whole conversation just about um the costumes in fairy and devil alone we're not costumers but people who are (laughs) you all should take that up have that conversation And looping back kind of uh, to deployment of tropes, one of the things that, I don't know, I ended up really liking about it was the romance of everything. You know, it it is right there on the tin, right? It's called Love Between Fairy and Devil. So it's pretty clear that the romance between the two main characters is going to be important. Um, But I really enjoyed the motions that the story took. Mm -hmm. And while sometimes the will they, won't they can get kind of frustrating when you know they will and you're like, come on, just just kiss for real already. You know, there were some <laughs> some big movements that the show made and some twists and turns that I didn't see coming to keep you on your toes about how the romance, how it will all end up, how it will come back together. Yeah, and I cried a lot. I cried a lot. I don't think that's a spoiler because I cry about everything. <laughs> Right, I, uh, um, but I did go on an emotional journey with this show, in part because yeah. of the romance. So I will say that this is probably I don't know. I cry a lot at everything. It's a rough <laughs> semester for me, but <laughs> yeah, I like finished this drama around the time that I also finished Love Like the Galaxy, another C drama that I was watching mm, at the time that mm-hmm, also had mm-hmm. an ending that was like uh, that had like a lot of emotions in it, and I was just like yeah. not prepared for that amount of emotional investment (laughs) in a show that like it's a show that like starts out pretty goofy oh for sure yeah it's like all fun and games for like a while but then by the end it's like aha now we shall rip out your heart and stomp on it probably Mm -hmm, a couple mm -hmm. times a couple times a few times and just give it a punch for good measure but like Mm -hmm. yeah you're right it's all fun and games until like episode nine (laughs) <laughs> and then it's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah, so if you do watch oh. it, we recommend at least getting through episode nine because it's like it goes from one to 100 real quick. Yeah, and I know that might sound like a lot of episodes. Like usually Andrew and I do a three episode kind of like, you know, if mm-hmm. we're not feeling it by episode three, we let it go. But I will say the actors um, make it enjoyable yeah, 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 yeah. I really enjoyed uh, watching Dylan as the Moon Supreme. 
he his facial expressions honestly carried me through for the like the first four episodes alone. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll keep watching this man make faces. Well, and like in the beginning, again, this is barely a spoiler, but like he ends up being roped in to take care of Orchid because their mm. lives are tied together because of this curse. And he's just like so upset about having to take care of this orchid because he is (laughs) the most powerful being in the universe and like she is but a grass and she doesn't and she won't get out of bed when she like needs to get some sun (laughs) Uh, oh god yeah i mean she was kind of petulant but we can come back to that. <laughs> but so another thing speak, sort of related to that that we really enjoyed in this show is the character development, both of yes. Orchid and Dong Fang Chin Song and a lot of the side characters as well. Oh, a lot of them. A lot of them. Um, Danyin is one of my favorite, but she was not that way in the beginning. So but who, it is definitely is, because is very, of – Who is very oh, Danyin? Yeah. Yes, because we need context. Um, Fairy Dunyan is one of the fairies in the fairy realm. Um, She is kind of, let's say if this were the real world, she'd be a rich girl with wealthy parents who are Um, Mm well-connected. Her father is an important immortal who's kind of like on the immortal council who decides, you know, how to dole out punishment and things like that. Um, And she kind of starts off as like a prissy brat in the beginning. She's like the bully. She's the mean girl bully to Orchid. Yeah. And she also has a thing for Chang Hong, uh, which is very obvious. Um, But she goes through some – she goes through some shit, let's say. And by the end of the show, I think – Honestly, I was rooting for her perhaps <laughs> more strongly than some of the other characters. I just wanted her mm-hmm. to have her happiness. Um, and I think that's just kind of a testament, again, to how the show is put together. That even a, a character who starts off kind of just being a very stereotypical mean girl bully, you know, th- th- there's attention paid to her and her arc and mm-hmm. what she wants and what she needs to learn, which I I valued a lot in the show. Yeah. So a couple things to know going in that, A, you do have to watch like nine or so episodes because I think sea dramas yes. start a lot more slowly than I'm used to in mm. either in K-dramas or in Western television because a lot of them – and again, Love Between Fairy and Devil is only 36 episodes, but a lot of them are like 40, 50 70 so sometimes you have to get like 20 episodes in to like even know what's happening that's not the case here but you do need to get like about it starts a little bit slow more slowly than you might be expecting Mm -hmm. Uh, another thing just to know sort of culturally is that it is fairly common for chinese dramas to be dubbed even in mandarin so we watched this with english subtitles but the mandarin was dubbed and that can be kind of unsettling if you're not used to it that happens for a lot of like production and cultural reasons that are a little bit too complicated for us to get into but it might be a little weird we promise you'll get used to it and also esther you does her own dubbing so that's pretty cool yeah um i will say that (laughs) i hope this doesn't sound terrible um but and I, i think this is on purpose i will say i'm not trying to 
get on Esther Yu about this, but Orchid's voice is a little grating in the beginning. And I think that's to kind of play mm-hmm. up the fact that she is childish and immature and, you know, <laughs> uncultivated, let's say. Um, and it's not mm-hmm. like that the entire show. So I think, or I'm confident that that's a deliberate choice, but I know it's mm-hmm. something that kind of threw me off at first. And I know some other folks have commented on that as well. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where if it's your first or one of your first C dramas, you might hear it and be like, I don't know if this is for me. But mm-hmm. it is not a mistake. It is an intentional choice on the part of the drama and yes. on the part of Esther Yu in her performance as Fairy Orchid. Right, yes. And kind of sticking with sound um, before mm-hmm. we kind of leave oh, this yeah, spoiler-free section. To mention that. <laughs> this is the most important, this is the most important part. I forgot. I'm upset we forgot to mention this, but oh my God, the soundtrack for this show is mm-hmm. so, so good. Like it grabbed my brain and just would not let go. I think there was at least a week or two that when I woke up, I was humming a song from the drama. Um, mm-hmm. So you can find the soundtrack. I think we're listening to it on Spotify. I'm confident it's on Apple Music or what have you. Um, we can't find the – what is it? Would it just be the orchestral soundtrack? The, in- you know, the instrumental not- soundtrack, the orchestral yeah. score. Yeah. Right. Um, we haven't been able to find that. But the eight-track kind of these are the songs from the show, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. There were moments in the show that a song would start playing and I would just burst out into tears because I knew what the song represented. Um, Mm -hmm. And it would crack me up every time Netflix was like, do you want to skip the opening? And I'd be like, no, the song is great. The illustrations and animation is beautiful. Stop asking me, Netflix. I'm not (laughs) going to skip it. I'm not. I'm not. So I, I, you know, if you do start watching the drama, I highly recommend finding the soundtrack as well and giving it a listen. It's just, it's really good. It's just Good music. Yes. And scene. So I don't know why I said and scene. This is not theater. This is not drama. It's fine. Anyhow, this is where we are going to stop our spoiler-free episode. We've got the spoiler one all queued up and ready to go for you. So all you have to do is click next episode and it'll be ready to listen to. But in the meantime, if you have things that you want to say about the spoiler-free episode that are hopefully spoiler-free so you do not spoil things for other people in the comments. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at sexlovelit and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, I don't know how much a spoiler embargo works on a show that came out in August, but like I guess we can try. (laughs) I I more meant on like that specific post for the spoiler-free episode. Alright, but Happy watching, everyone, since we assume you are immediately going to go watch this show. And join us for part two. Bye. Bye.